Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting live on WCEV 1450 AM. And for those of you streaming, you are doing so at www.wcev1450.com. Radio Islam family, it's good to be with you again. For you newcomers, take a moment, go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and make sure that you have liked or followed us. Let us know what you think about what you're hearing. We're always happy to talk with the Radio Islam family, have new folks join that wonderful and growing family. We are a daily call-in talk radio program. We air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. from this wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. And it is getting cold outside. Uh, there's a lot of holidays and there's a lot of eating that is around the corner for a lot of folks out there. So it's fitting that we have somebody in studio with us tonight that's going to help you keep, keep yourself in order. So joining us in studio tonight is Sadiq Muhammad. Uh, he is better known as Sadiq, the personal trainer. Uh, he has created the No Excuses Boot Camp, which is the largest boot camp in Chicago with over 900 participants a week at the House of Hope. He is the published author of two books. He's also recently made appearances on WGN Morning News and also has done appearances on WCIU, You and Me, You, Me in the Morning, excuse me, Fox News Morning Show, Good Day, and R&B Divas Atlanta on TV One. Sadiq has been heard on Tom Jonah Morning Show, Power 92.3, Soul 106.3, and Urban Praise speaking on faith and fitness. He has appeared on the cover of Indigo Newspaper, been featured in the Chicago Defender, and the Chicago Sun-Times on many different occasions giving fitness tips. He also has a monthly house music workout class where he raises money for scholarships. I want to thank him and welcome him. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on in and talk with the Radio Slime family. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, like I said, it's that time of year for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, whether they're Muslim or not. Yes. Uh, particularly yes. for those who have uh, family or friends where they plan to, to yes. join them for festivities, uh, yes. meals. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> where mm -hmm. they're going to be looking at what to do with that excess weight that they've packed on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh yeah, uh, the Muslims, the Muslims have have really taken on a lot of the diet and taken on a lot of the holiday spirit mm -hmm. of the average American. So we we put on just as much weight yeah. as uh, as anybody would during this time of year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: how did how did you how did you get into personal uh, training into fitness? How, how did that happen? Um, personal training and fitness. Well, well, they go hand in hand with the dean, yeah. uh, as we know, and um, my. When it started, I ran track at DePaul, and I really saw that there were just so many people that just didn't have an understanding of fitness and didn't have an understanding of health. So when I graduated, one of the things that I wanted to do was to be able to impart information to the believing community. And what I found out was people just didn't want to just talk. They really wanted to, to work out. Right. So that's when I started becoming a personal trainer, and that's when I started just speaking on fitness and writing on fitness and health. So it started after college. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Radio Slime family, <clears throat> if you don't know, Sadiq has a uh, a book entitled It is So You're You're Saved. Oh, how are you fat and saved? How are you fat and saved? Yeah. Now, now that could quite easily have been called How are you on the 
uh, Serato Mustakim yeah. and still fat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, what, well, what happens? What happens is this: we're seeing in 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 the believing family across the board, the, the Jewish family, our Christian family, yeah. and as well as the Muslims, what's taking place is that health is number one. It's an it's a, it's a, it's number one. It's number one in 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 every religion. And um, really, what I was seeing on the south side of Chicago was a profession of faith, where um, where an individual would say that, "Oh, I love God," but look at you look at how you treat the temple of god which is your body mm. so so i wrote the book i wrote the book to just it was kind of to make it kind of a wake-up call but it's also right in line with the dean and Absolutely. us discussing what's taking place with the health and and the prophet peace and blessed be upon him discussing um how we should eat and having a third of our belly being full in the hadiths of food or a third being from drink and then a third being from air mm -hmm. but what we're seeing now is that our belly is completely filled with food yeah. and uh we're actually not even adhering to the dietary habits of the quran yeah yeah so now, uh, Radio Islam family, I, gotta, I have to make sure I don't keep you all outside of the conversation. I didn't mention this at the outset, but if you'd like to give us a call and ask Sadiq a uh, question, uh, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Or feel free to post on our Facebook page. We'll make sure that your question or comment is, uh, is added into the conversation. So uh, you have the largest boot camp in the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I do classes, I when I do classes, the people come out in droves. And there's an attractive quality to the classes cuz we infuse music with exercise. So we want to make it a good time for people. So so yeah, so when um I have something coming up on January 7th, uh, well okay. we're doing the No Excuse Boot Camp. We're doing it on 100 uh 10909 South Cottage. It's going to be at three o'clock on a Sunday. And right now we're at uh I think believe it's at 656 tickets sold already yeah and wow. it's december yeah so the people really come out because we make it fun we make it engaging um if anyone out there is listening and you want to you want to vend or you want to be a sponsor just to promote your products this is definitely the place to be okay mm -hmm. uh well i'm going to ask now i normally ask this at the end of a segment but uh -huh. i'm going to just ask now and i'll ask you again later okay where can people follow you uh, and yeah, how do they keep up with you? ChicagoFitForLife.com, Chicago Fit for Life Instagram, Chicago Fit for Life YouTube. Everything is Chicago Fit for Life. Even if you Google Chicago Fit for Life, then you'll get all of our contact information, and you can keep up to date not only with our, our, our health and fitness tips that we put out daily, our workout classes. A lot of times we do it free for the community. We just want the people to come out and get the information. Um, we have newsletters. We also have a, a trip to Mexico where we're taking oh, really? a group to there and exercising, even just you know just giving people. People just the time to just unwind but um we're really trying to spread this health and fitness thing just just not just chicago but around around the entire world okay yeah. are you surprised at the at the response i mean when you look up and you see you have 900 people mm -hmm. when you say you have 656 tickets yeah. already does that surprise you that there's that type of uh a response uh for fitness um absolutely not so <laughs> absolutely not. No, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Um there there there's an attractive quality when you when you really when you really take on your product. When yeah. you become what you what you say. It was said of the, it was said of the, of the prophet peace bless be upon him um when it was asked um I believe uh was Aisha his wife and they, asked, they was asking about him and they said he is the Quran. Like yeah. he's the embodiment of the book. What is he like? He's the Quran. He's the embodiment of the book. I want to embody what it means to promote health and fitness so i want that to be the attractive quality to pull people in so i'm i'm never surprised sometimes i'm wondering why it's not two thousand people or three thousand okay. so right. i know i got to work harder <laughs> <laughs> all right that's 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 the uh that's a wonderful outlook 
Um, right. Let me ask this. What would you tell, what do you tell people when they first approach you and they, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure people come up to you and they're asking, well, how do I start? What do yeah. I do? You yeah. know, I've yeah. tried before and I failed. What do you, what do you tell people? Well, well the first thing, well, the, first, the first rule that I give them, and it's, it's a principle of Al-Islam, it's also a principle of, of, of every major religion, mm-hmm. but the first thing I tell them to do is stop eating. And then when you tell a person to stop eating, then, you know, they're immediately offended. Right. You know, because if I stop eating, I'm going to die. You're 400 pounds. You know what I mean? You got enough food to last you a while. But um, right. but it was a book written um, by a man that lives out in L.A. He's not a Muslim. It was called The Caveman Diet. And his suggestion was for individuals to fast at least one month out of the year. And then, yeah, yeah, so, you know, so he's so creative, right? right. And then to fast uh, three different times throughout the year, right. throughout throughout the month. And uh, what happens what happens when you fast, what happens when you fast is that you realize how much food you don't need to to live. So uh, uh, it was uh, it was said that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be blessed be upon him, that an individual um, had had a big stomach and they were having a conversation. And he said it would be better for that stomach to be on someone else for you. It'd be better for you. So it's better to feed people than to eat. And we live in a we live in a world of abundance uh, being here in in the U.S. And um, we have access to so much food, so much meat. So what happens is, is that we constantly overeat. So I tell a person, take a break from eating. And when you take a break from eating, then you realize what you're addicted to. Meat is addictive. They they found some of the same addictive qualities in meat that are in wine. So what happens is we become consumed with food mentally. It's not physical. It's a yeah. mental addiction. So I tell a person to take a break. Take a 12-hour break from eating. That's my first suggestion to anyone. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, it's really interesting because as you talk about stomachs, I can't help but just (laughs) – I'm looking down at my own. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I'm just thinking about how we want to be – we want to be better. Yes. We want to look good. Yes, we do. Right. But then the work that's involved – Yeah. With And and I'll say this. Uh um, I'm in a gym every day. Okay, okay. But – but I'm also at the at, at the dinner table probably more than yeah. Oh, absolutely, too. absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My my mother, who I hope's listening, Aisha Muhammad Elamine, and what she, one thing that she would do is she was working out two hours every day. Okay. So I said, man, I gotta see this because she's like, I'm not losing any weight. I'm working out two hours every day. So I went to the gym with her, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, because I wanted to see exactly what she's doing. So she had spent 15 minutes at the front desk. Then she went in the back another 20 minutes. Then she walked around and talked to people for another 30 minutes. So sometimes we can be in the gym every day, and then you know the question becomes, what are we doing in the gym? Right. You know, because right. you know if you stop taking a break and you listening or talking on your phone for 20 minutes, you are gonna count that as the hour. Hey, I was in here, but, but you didn't do much while you were in there. So right. what I tell a person is always try your best to change up your workout change uh, your exercise routine and understand understand that the world that we're living in is a world where the shaitan wants us to constantly consume he wants us to eat and if we attach our dietary habits with our health and we understand that the shaitan is busy in that arena then that then it becomes easier for us to say no and to push food away so we we don't look at it like that but the when you when you're at war the first thing that you're going to do is um you know deal with a person's food supply because if they if they can't eat then they can't live so and and with us we have to understand that we are at a war so we have to position ourselves with all of this food because i mean we drive down the street i mean it's it's i mean it's signs there's people selling you can drive down some streets and people are knock on your car window selling your food mm. so you got the drive-throughs you got people here you didn't then let's just say hypothetically you make it past all of the drive-throughs you make it past the people selling on the street 
you got Uber Eats. Somebody will bring food to your house. Yeah. They'll drive to your house and bring you food. Our world is consumed with eating, and then we be consumed with eating, and then eating consumes us. You know, that is really interesting. I'm just thinking back to your first your first advice to people, telling people to stop eating. Yes. Right? And for anybody, for anyone who has, uh, who has fasted, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're Muslim uh, or, or not, for anyone who has fasted, for any length of time, yes. uh, especially during Ramadan, you realize yeah. exactly how much you don't need to eat. Oh yeah, and yeah. that is such that is such a powerful, uh, oh. powerful beginning. But 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 let's touch on that. Mm-hmm. It's not even so much what you don't have to eat. They did a study on mice, yeah. And 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 they, what they did, they deprived the mice of food, and they would test the mice in different puzzles and different things how they can get out of things, and they found that the mice that ate less or were more food deprived than the other mice showed higher intelligence. They showed higher cognitive reasoning. They were better problem solvers. One of the things that happens is, is that when you aren't, when your belly isn't full with food, you have to think about different things. And when you're not thinking about food, then you're thinking about you're thinking about solutions to problems and you know so we we understand that in al-islam we understand the dean so we know we're not supposed to be walking around full all day but but we live in a world where you and i make enough money to where we can eat five six seven times and you know we're not hurting so 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 we got to understand that there's so many benefits in not eating and that's why uh the holy month of ramadan it it it, it, we see we see our finances increase we see you don't you don't argue with your significant other as much you don't you're not you know the children everything's it's a level of peace because that's removed right so so that eating is a is a heavy is a heavy heavy thing so so what do you enjoy most um what do you get the most satisfaction of mm-hmm. in, in doing what you do? When I when I see a when I see a person doing something that they didn't think they could do, like when when you've made up in your mind I can never do this, and then when you do it, mm-hmm. I, I I mean like what we're doing is we're changing like we're changing an individual we're changing your makeup like however you function in life when you say I cannot run, and when you finish a five k race. You've changed as a person. There's no going back. Right. So that's that's where I find my satisfaction. Okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna go off the beaten path a little bit, in mm. as far as the uh, fitness is concerned. Okay. And for anybody that that follows you on Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that you are probably just as known for your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you are. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, your fitness. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so yeah, so people people tune into that. So I I I it's a, I have a saying that I say in my second book where an individual goes to the doctor and then um you know, the doctor, you know, they're talking to the doctor and the doctor says you you know, you're diabetic, you have diabetes. And he says, "Well, don't worry about it. It runs in my family." And then the doctor responds said, "No, the problem is no one runs in your family." So so we we I try to I try to use the humor and I try to incorporate truth with the humor so yeah. people can understand the seriousness of, of these issues. But yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely have a following for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it definitely makes you uh, uh there's an approachable uh, uh quality Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, a sincerity that comes along with that. It, all right, Radio Islam family, we have someone uh, with a, a comment or question. Welcome, welcome. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum as Hey, brother Sadiq, how you doing, brother? Doing good, brother. Hey, so I, I, had, I was going to ask a question, but I'm not in terms of a comment. You speak on changing people's lives. Okay. Most of the time, people, they think about personal training, and they see the stuff, and they, saw, they think you got to be fit already. Yeah. But let me tell you about, and I'm, I'm commenting about you, brother. 
Okay. I work with uh, Brother Muhammad. Mm-hmm. When I started working with Brother Muhammad, I was I was literally dying. Mm. I had blood clots, high blood pressure, you name it, I had it. And listening to this guy, this guy motivated me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I worked, my job is physical. I couldn't even do my job, really. But since I've been working with Brother Sadiq, the mobility, the strength, mental, physically, spiritually, my whole life has changed. He wow. talked about fitness. He talk, Everything he's talking about is real. Mm-hmm. It ain't just a gimmick. It's real. I'm alive because of this brother. Him, along with one of my doctors, I'm alive because he has transformed me to this. I'm still a big guy, but from where I was to where, where I am now, mm-hmm. total different. I can lift my knee up. I can walk. I did a 4K walk. I finished it. I'm doing that. Year prior to that, I did a block, and I was done. Mm-hmm. And wow. after working with Brother Muhammad, mm-hmm. I finished. You don't understand. <laughs> Four miles don't seem like a lot to somebody. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who couldn't even walk a whole block without being winded, hey, that's like 20 miles to me. Wow. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for that uh, for that call and for, for sharing that that experience. Yeah, no problem, brother. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum uh, what, what do you think? You just got through talking about changing uh, lives. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you say to that? Man, I mean, alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And, you know, I, I, I don't take credit for anything. I mean, at the end of the day, their brother's coming into the gym, putting in the work. You know, I just try my best to provide guidance. So so it's never about me, you know, with, with, with something like that. I don't I don't I don't allow it to affect me, any, affect me any type of way. But but I'm but I'm happy for the brother. You know, okay. I'm definitely happy for him. Yeah. Radio Sign family, we're talking with Sadiq Muhammad, the, the, the personal trainer. Uh, if you have a question or comment for him, mm-hmm. uh, give us a call at 312-750-1178. Mm-hmm. That's 312-750-1178. We got him for about another six minutes. That's right. So, That's right. <laughs> so uh, give us a call. Uh, so let me ask this. So um, there are so many elements that, mm-hmm. that, that, that are part of, of fitness. Yes. You know, yes. strength, uh, mm-hmm. mobility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, what what do you go after first? What's the first thing after you get that person to stop to be mindful of their eating? What's the first thing you go into? Honestly, their their level of flexibility. There there are three things. We have the resistance training, we have the cardio, and we have the flexibility. Mm-hmm. The first one that I go after, no no one is more important than the other, but the first one I go after is their flexibility because we don't want someone to get injured. From age 20 to age 70, the average person will lose 70% of their range of motion. So what happens with an individual when they come to me is the pain that they feel in their knees, their lower back, even their shoulders, what they don't understand is that they just haven't been elongated. They haven't been stretched out. So one of the first things I want to do is test a person's level of flexibility mm-hmm. and uh that that would be number one on my list but all three are equally important but i just don't want you to get hurt because if you get hurt you know you set back i might right. never see you again right yeah. so do you do you recommend uh do you recommend the stretching and this is probably something i'm guilty of okay uh and i do majority is, mm-hmm. is strength training and i get on the bike for yeah. 15 20 minutes oh, and yeah. i'm done uh but i rarely i rarely stretch do really you? it's probably not good yeah no (laughs) no (laughs) no and it's probably why i hurt like i do yeah no that's why that's why that's what it is yeah (laughs) so what's your question (laughs) can you get away with it anymore brother no brother 
No, because you brought me on your show, you have to start stretching. Yes. See, what brother does is brother goes to the gym and he wants to just lift the treadmill. And brother don't care if somebody's even on the treadmill. He just wants to show how strong he is all the time. And now he didn't have me on the, str uh, the show. Now he's going to be somewhere uh, stretching. But yeah, that's how, that's what you got to do, brother. That's your question. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> you have to stretch. And, and how much? How, how much? How much time do you think you should put in? Uh, do you recommend? I would, I would recommend ten to fifteen minutes a day, stretching. Yeah, okay. elongating the muscles. It's your body. Yeah. It's your body. If I right now, if I gave you a four hundred thousand dollar car, and you and you know, and I said, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, do some stuff on the car every thirty minutes. A year, I mean, uh, thirty minutes every day. It wouldn't be a problem. But right. you know, how much is the human body worth? You know, it's worth a lot more than four hundred thousand. It's worth a lot more than a million. So, and we and we're gonna have it a lot longer than we're gonna have that car. So, what we have to do is keep in mind that this is our vessel. This is how we we practice Islam through this physical body. We are here. Mm -hmm. um, um, the Holy Quran speaks on the excess of eating, and I want to touch on this. It's 3,500 calories in one pound of fat, okay? okay. 3,500 calories in one pound of fat. When you are overweight 20, 20, 20 pounds, that's a lot of extra calories. And the, and the Quran says, O children of Adam, take your adornment at every masjid and eat and drink, but be not excessive. Indeed, he likes not those who commit excess. We don't even realize how much eating we have to do to gain one pound, to gain one. So when you talk about, I got to lose 50 pounds, how much eating did you do? How much excess did you do? And, and, and we, live in a world where, where we live in a world where people are extremely overweight or they're starving. Yeah. So we, we got two extremes. We go yeah. somewhere else and we see individuals starving and we go here and you could be homeless and 500 pounds. Mm -hmm. So we, it, we have to practice our discipline. But the stretching is key. The cardio is key for your heart. And the resistance training is key to build up your body. Okay. And all three of those. But, but you want to just lift the treadmill every day, brother. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I used to do a little yoga. And, okay. and all, in all honesty, um, mm -hmm. I, I recognize the necessity for flexibility absolutely um absolutely but but strength coming from my former background in construction uh -huh. that was something that made the job just so much easier yeah. uh focusing on that and know. brother brother mentioned yoga i'm gonna say this uh, uh, about yoga and any form of meditation and we understand that in islam um uh, sleep is important mm -hmm. the hadiths of the prophet and the quran speak on that and sleep is of the utmost important and 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 not oversleeping so not laying around over uh, all day is, is important as well. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you practice yoga or any form of meditation, it's actually been linked to needing less sleep. So, yeah. yeah, so when you are in deep meditation, that is actually a form of rest. And those individuals and countless studies have shown not to need as much sleep. So, so when you sometimes, oh man, I'm eating and everyone has experienced this, you overeat. One of the first things that happen is you're tired after that. Right. And now you want to lay down and get some rest. So we have to, it's, it's all working together. You know, it's all in tune. So, so we're going we gonna to definitely keep educating the people and keep encouraging the people. And like I said, we have a free class for the public um, uh, January 7th. We want to make sure that everyone comes out. And we want to keep this uh, knowledge and, and information going worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah. Last question. Come on, brother. What you got? <laughs> what you got? Last question. <clears throat> I'm going to make this a good one. Come on. Come with it. This is for you. So. How does it impact you mm -hmm. having to maintain that standard that you talked about mm. within that the that the prophet, uh -huh. peace and prayers be upon him, yeah. that he exemplified with the Quran? Uh -huh. How does that impact you having to maintain that standard of fitness for you, uh, yourself? Oh, man, it is it is a it is a, a level it is a level of pressure, man. 
It is a level of pressure. I mean, not just radio, not just TV, not yeah, just yeah. newspapers, not just stages with hundreds of people. I feel it. And uh, um, it was uh, the prophet, and, and it had took place in Hadiths where the prophet it became emotional mm. when individuals were, were, were uh, trying to attack him, throwing, throwing things at him. And when, when the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, when he became emotional, most, most people would assume that he was emotional because of the hatred or the attacks that was happening. But he, he was emotional because of how he, how he felt about it. Mm -hmm. And his disappointment in saying just how he felt about it. And I feel a level of emotion that a person, you know, wouldn't understand that I feel like it's a burden placed on me to help people because of the knowledge and the information of Al-Islam that we have. So I feel like it's my duty to stand up in front of churches or to stand up in front of these people and stand up in front of individuals that may not be accepted of. When you stand in front of a, quality, uh, uh, um, a room and 75% and of the room is overweight and you got to tell them to eat less, that's a tough crowd. That's a tough crowd. That You're the last person who they want to see. Right. You can hear people sucking their teeth when sometimes they're introducing me. Uh, here he go. What are you about to say? And, and but so, so it's a way that I have to actually package the truth to make it appealing and that and that it's a burden placed on me but yeah it's a lot man i mean sometimes i i mean i you know i don't want anybody to recognize me in the mcdonald's drive-thru no more than you want them to recognize you <laughs> is that is that brother sadiq man just give me the number five man come on i'm not here for this today so right, right. so it's a lot of pressure man it's a lot of pressure well you know what um if it's on you that means that a law intended that you be able to bear it yes absolutely so, uh we're gonna continue to keep you in our duas uh, for your continued success, because mm -hmm. your success means that other people are, su are successful yes, in what you're doing. So I want to thank you once again for uh, coming through. Thank you for appreciate having me, man. Here. I appreciate you. you, yes, you sir. You've been out here doing the works, brother. <laughs> we've, been, we've been watching you for a while. I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm doing that. All right, Radio Slime family, we've been talking with Sadiq Muhammad, the personal trainer. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and put his link up on our page. Um, but you can follow him at Chicago Fit for Life. Uh, that's Instagram, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, YouTube. And, and, and follow him as well on Facebook uh, as an individual because the brother is, his other job is a stand-up comedian. He is <laughs> funny as I don't know what. So we're going to take a short break, uh, and we will be back in just a moment. Okay, forest animals. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library, and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. Sound Vision is starting a new initiative to provide crisis intervention to those in need. Through the crisis text line, anyone can text 741-741 and be connected via text to a trained crisis counselor who is there to listen and show empathy. The crisis text line is open to everyone. By texting the keyword SALAM, that's S-A-L-A-M, to 741-741, users will be connected to a trained Muslim counselor whenever available. 
You can also volunteer to undergo training and become a counselor. For more information, visit soundvision.com. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. You are listening to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alami. And we are broadcasting at WCEV 1450 AM, reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Radio Islam family, I'm not telling you anything new, but this is just for the, for the new folks joining us for the first time. Uh, we broadcast every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, we're a daily call-in talk radio program, and we talk just about everything under the sun. Uh, and we are talking to you from Chicago, uh, which is a, a tremendously, which is, is a historic city. Uh, there is there's so much, uh, so much culture, uh, so much going on. We're we are a global city. If you, if you didn't know, now you know. Uh, and as such. We have a very special guest with us uh, in studio right now, uh, Dr. Peter Alter. And he is a historian and director of the Studs Turkle Center for Oral, Oral History of the Chicago History Museum. And I just can't wait to, to just hear, <laughs> just to learn something. Uh, every time I, when I've talked, I, I, I'm, I'm about to get flustered. So let me just calm myself down. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Oh, thank you no. for having me, Tariq. I'm uh, really happy to be here to talk about the Chicago History Museum and Chicago history and some of the projects that we're doing at the museum. Okay, great, great. Uh, Radio Slime family, just to remind you, if you have a question or comment, feel free to give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. So first, uh, let me ask this because I really was not, and, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this because I'm a lifelong Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. I was not really aware of the Chicago History Museum. Uh -huh. uh, is that, am, am I the only one? <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> you're, you're not. Uh, even though we're Chicago's oldest uh, cultural uh, institution, founded in 1856, actually here in downtown Chicago, we burned down in the fire of uh, 1871. Mm -hmm. We actually lost some uh, Abraham Lincoln manuscripts in that fire because he was a, uh, a member of the Chicago, then known as the Chicago Historical Society. We're at 1601 North Clark Street on the north side of the city in the southern edge of Lincoln Park right off uh, Lakeshore Drive, uh, south of Lincoln Park Zoo, intersection of Clark Street and North Avenue. We've been there since 1932. Uh, wow. So we had a major renovation and name change. So if any of the listeners out there have heard of us, Way back in the day, maybe on a third or fourth grade field trip, we were the Chicago Historical Society. And about 10 years ago, we became the Chicago History Museum. Same organization, same location. Now, see, I'm, sit I'm sitting here nodding because I remember Chicago Historical Society. Okay. I know that name. All right. Uh, and, <clears throat> and I add to it to explain my, my, uh, my embarrassment a little bit is because uh, I love history. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so the Chicago Historical Museum, what, I mean, because Chicago, the history is huge. 
how much of that history does it cover? Does it folk, what, yeah. It, it, it covers, we cover all of Chicago history. We also cover uh, U.S. history from the revolution, basically the 1770s through the 1870s or reconstruction. Uh, so actually the one single object for which we're known uh, most widely around the country is the Abraham Lincoln deathbed. Okay. Uh, so the bed that uh, Abraham Lincoln actually died in uh, in April of 1865 when he was shot by John Wilkes Booth in Washington, D.C. Uh, he was carried across the street from the Ford's Theater to uh, Peterson's boarding house, carried uh, into the first floor, and he died in this bed. They had to lay him crossways uh, around it because he was 6'4", and the bed was very short for him. Yeah. So people know that uh, object if they know any of our objects. But we do cover the entire expanse of uh, Chicago history. Uh, we go back to uh, uh, DuSable, who was uh, Chicago's first non-native uh, resident. Uh, and we go up to our own times. Um, our signature exhibit is Chicago Crossroads of America, which is 15,000 square feet of Chicago history. Oh, wow. The first object that you see when you walk into the uh, Chicago Crossroads of America is L car number one. It was actually one of the original L cars on the, the uh, L tracks here, which are right outside our studio. Wow. And uh, that actually, if one could go back in time, and uh, go back to 1893 and see the Colombian World, the World's Fair, the World's Columbian Exposition of 1893. Uh, they would travel to Chicago on a train, uh, get off at some downtown location, and then they would take uh, a uh, car, an elevated train car, just like L car number one down to the World's Fair in 1893. So you can actually walk uh, into that, sit in it, uh, it's on more or less permanent loan from the Chicago Transit Authority. Uh, so now I have to get down there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to get there to, just to see that. Yes, we have other wonderful artifacts. We have uh, the Pioneer Locomotive, which uh, came into uh, Chicago in the 1840, was 1840s. It was actually the first locomotive to come into the city. Hmm. Um, one reason why we're here and why we're a world-class city uh, is transportation. So people know today the uh, interstate uh, expressway system. Uh, people also know our two major airports. Uh, but we also were a railroad uh, capital at one time, and we still are, especially for, for freight and for Amtrak. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, that's what helped put Chicago on the map. Um, so we have a lot of artifacts that reflect that. Uh, if you're a Chicago sports fan, on rotation, for example, we have uh, uh, Michael Jordan's uh, jersey, Scottie Pippen's jersey, um, Dennis Rodman's uh, basketball shoes, uh, uh, Walter Payton's uh, jer jersey, if you're a Bears fan, going back to the, the great Bears that actually won a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of fans, a lot of people are fans of the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a whole uh, part of a gallery dedicated to that fire. Uh, October 8th and 9th of 1871, and we, we still don't know how it started. Um, Speaking of that fire, how did, it, how did that fire change Chicago? That's an excellent question, and it changed it in, in many ways. Um, uh, it uh, burned down this entire area where we were. So, for example, we're, we're in the Palmer House office tower. Right next to us is the Palmer, famous Palmer House Hotel. That hotel, for example, was burned down. This is 
uh, the fourth or fifth iteration here, built in the 20s, I believe. Uh, so it, it vastly changed the, um, the buildings in this downtown area. Um, what happened actually is that the buildings that were, that were created right after the fire were not very beautiful. Uh, they were short um, buildings made of very heavy materials, and those a lot of those buildings were torn down by the 1890s, and then the famous Chicago School of Architecture really rose to prominence by the late 1880s, 1890s. Louis Sullivan, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, Daniel Burnham, uh, those guys that have really put their imprint on the city uh, over the last uh, a century or more ago. So the, the fire uh, definitely it changed. Did it, did it, did it change uh, construction? Uh, the, the, the building materials used and uh, codes and all that kind of thing? It did, absolutely. I, I know you have a, a background in construction and, and yeah. uh, there was actually something that, that was created called the fire limit. Um, so the fire limit was, if you imagine, uh, a series of concentric circles starting in downtown Chicago. And the, the innermost concentric circle would have been the uh, spot where uh, nothing could have been made out of wood. Um, and so that was after 1871. And then actually, not that long after that, um, the fire limit covered the entire city. So they were really discouraging uh, construction out of wood, which of course hurt uh, the carpenters. Carpenters were really upset. The masons were really happy. Um, so, you know, you, you can't please everyone all the time, but there were a lot of German immigrant uh, carpenters here in the late 19th century. And so they were, they were, certainly were displeased by the fire limit. But yes, it greatly changed uh, construction in the city, transportation, and also kind of helped Chicago rebuild itself and rebrand itself. Uh, you know, a sad way to rebrand, but it, it rebranded itself and kind of stepped out 20 years later in the World's Fair of 1893 as this, this world city. You mentioned, uh, the, you mentioned the uh, German immigrants that were carpenters. Mm -hmm. Does the Chicago uh, Historical Museum also kind of follow um, the trends of migration? Absolutely. Uh, immigration? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually uh, when I was in school and spent a long time in school, immigration history was my specialty. Uh, and so, uh, yes, we, we trace the entire scope uh, of uh, the history of this uh, city in terms of immigration. So um, a lot of immigrants uh, came originally from Northern and Western Europe, then Southern and Eastern Europe uh, by the early 20th century from Mexico, by the mid, mid to late 20th century, uh, then kind of the rest of the world, uh, Africa, Asia, uh, Southern and Eastern Europe again, uh, Central and South America, um, and, and all over. Uh, and that's really when Chicago became kind of this much more diverse, uh, not just Christian, not just white uh, city. Mm. So uh, I guess this is a good enough time to tell you, uh, if you are just tuning in, we're talking with Peter Alter. Who he, is a, he is a historian and director of the Studs Turkle Center for Oral History uh, with the uh, Chicago Histor Historical History Museum. History Museum. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, and, and before I start talking, because we've got, a, we've got the phone ring, phone ring, which means right. we might have a uh, caller with a question or a comment. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, um, would, this, would this question fall under the, the Chicago accent, the fabled Chicago accent? <laughs> is that something, <laughs> is that, something that, that, that you've looked into as a, as a historian? 
Uh, you know, I've been asked a lot of things, um, and we have uh, in staff meetings and so forth. We have sometimes talked about the the famous Chicago accent mm -hmm. that um, is sometimes you know lampooned on Saturday Saturday yeah. Night Live, for example. Yeah. Um, and actually, and I've been at the museum for about 18 years. I remember my supervisor when I first started. She talked about the possibility of actually capturing that accent, yeah. uh, you know, on audio or video because. Uh, you know, as Chicago becomes more and more of a world city and people come from all over the country and the world, uh, obviously we lose those accents. Um, right. So yes, there is, a, there is a Chicago accent, usually associated with the South Side, uh, yeah. <laughs> different parts of the South Side. Uh, and uh, it's funny, you know, to hop on YouTube and Google various things, you know, real stuff separate from Saturday Night Live and see what those real accents were, were like. Yeah. So Chicago has a sizable Muslim population. Uh, has, is that also, has that also been looked at uh, to see how that, you know, because it's got a, a fairly large uh, African-American uh, Muslim population, mm -hmm. uh, South Asian, Arab, right. um, Bosnian. Uh, have, have you all looked at the makeup and how, how that has come about? We actually, uh, and of course, thank you for that question. Uh, we're looking into that right now. Uh, we have ongoing, and we started in June of 2016, uh, the Muslim Chicago Oral History Project. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've conducted uh, to this point 22 oral histories uh, from across uh, the spectrum uh, in, in all of those uh, uh, different groups that you've listed and also faith traditions. Um, and we're, we're looking to uh, collect as many as uh, 50, and I think we'll far exceed that, oral histories. Uh, and this won't, these oral histories will live on our website, chicagohistory.org, uh, but they will also be the focal point for an exhibition uh, that will be something called Muslim Chicago. Uh, we don't have a title yet. And that will open at the Chicago History Museum, uh, we hope the fall of 2019. Uh, and we have lots of other, we hope for a robust series of programs around Muslim Chicago starting actually in 2018, so not too long from now. We hope to uh, um, recruit, hire, and train a group of uh, American Muslim uh, teenagers to do some of the oral histories so that we have a, um, an intergenerational learning component. Uh, and we hope to uh, document uh, Islam in Chicago in all its full glory, so to speak, um, from uh, uh, Bosnian Muslims and Albanians and South Asians and the Nation of Islam and uh, uh, all of the communities um, we hope to uh, embrace in different ways, at least through oral histories. Um, we're conducting 60 to 90 minute uh, and sometimes longer oral histories um, from uh, throughout uh, the city. We're also networking. Uh, earlier today, I was at Universal School in Bridgeview, which is my first time there. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, we're working uh, with a masjid, uh, for example, uh, on Roosevelt Road in North Lawndale. Uh, uh, we're working with all kinds of different masjids, but that's the, the first, uh, that's the most recent one where we conducted an oral history. Um, and so we're, we're really excited about this project uh, and really learning. You know, we're, we're uh, predominantly, um, you know, a, a white Christian organization that's trying to become more diverse in every way that it can. Uh, and so we're hoping uh, through different opportunities, uh, we've reached out, for example, to, to Leave Collective for training uh, in April of this year. Uh, we got there in, uh, introducing uh, Islam 
lecture, and we're hoping to do much more of that as we, we move through. Um, we've interviewed uh, folks at Sound Vision uh, at uh, ICRA, the International Educational Foundation, uh, Masjid Al-Fatir uh, on the south side, yeah. and, and lots, of, lots of different places, um, suburban mosques as well. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a white Christian guy. Uh, learning about Islam, uh, I do have a background as a historian. I did spend uh, a semester in the former Yugoslavia and learned and have written and published about uh, Islam in in Yugoslavia, especially Bosnia, and, and so I'm using that as kind of the, the kernel to spread out from there. Right. In your 18 years with uh, the Chicago um, History Museum, mm -hmm. has anything surprised you? <laughs> uh, you know, I would say um, the only things that uh, generally surprise me are the things that people want to know about. Uh, and so the kinds of interviews um, that I sometimes have to do, uh, and I shouldn't say have to do, that I get to do. Uh, yeah. This today where it's a wide ranging discussion, that's the best, of course. Yeah. Um, but for example, uh, I've been interviewed about why, uh, where the ba Chicago Bears play is called Soldier Field and not Soldier's Field. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What, what's the answer? Uh, to well, that? you know, I don't really know, but when it was named in the 1920s, yeah. um, there, were, um, there was a convention of speaking that sometimes didn't use plural. Uh, and so, um, for example, there's a, um, uh, a college in Texas called Texas Woman College, not Texas Woman's College. Uh -huh. uh, so not plural, not apostrophe S. And they were founded around the same time, so kind of doing my historical research. Uh, uh, last week, uh, I was on TV talking about how to pronounce um, a north side street called Kyler. Uh, mm. So sometimes people don't know how to pronounce street names, so they were asking us for that kind of uh, expertise. That's, that's not the K-E-E-L-E-R. Uh, no, it's C-U-Y-L-E-R. Oh. Uh, so okay. it's on the north side, uh, about a block north of Irving Park Road. Um, and probably the strangest media question is that there were rumors that there was some kind of um, literally uh, half bat, half human uh, creature flying around the loop. Uh, and um, was there any historical precedent for that? And I, I'm, I'm not kidding, okay. that, is, that is true. And that's within actually the last uh, three or four months I was asked that question. Uh, and of course I had, I just had nothing. Uh, right. you know, I was just, I was empty. <laughs> I had no that? idea what to do with that. <laughs> So what about, I know one thing I'm curious about, and maybe uh, some of you listening, uh, Radio Islam family, uh, Chicagoans, would, would think about this as well. Uh, there's, there's, there's been talk about the underground uh, vaults yes. of, of Chicago, particularly mm -hmm. within the downtown area. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so those are, those are freight tunnels. Um, and those tunnels were made uh, in uh, the early 20th century to... Uh, reduce congestion. Uh, so, you know, we know that in downtown Chicago at rush hours, it can get very busy, it can get very uh, traffic jammed. And um, those tunnels were built so that freight could be moved uh, between department stores, between offices. Um, 
And uh, there's actually, if anyone out there has ever read, probably the single most famous book about Chicago called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Yes. Uh, the, the main character who's a Lithuanian immigrant, Yergis Rudkus, he actually injures himself mm. building those tunnels. Uh, I think he gets run over by a car building the tunnels. Um, and then very famously, uh, I believe in the late 1970s or early 1980s, uh, there was con construction work on the Chicago River and uh, some kind of big digger uh, um, pierced the side of the Chicago River and essentially made a leak in the Chicago River and those freight tunnels flooded. Mm -hmm. And so where you absolutely don't expect floods and where businesses did not have flood insurance, uh, there was a, a, a major flood in downtown Chicago that made at least national news and, uh, and caused, uh, I think, millions of dollars in property damage back then. Uh, so yeah, that's the story of the, they are, um, it's not like Al Capone's vault that Geraldo, you know, uncovered yeah. a while back. Um, there's no buried treasure. And uh, I understand in certain buildings like the Marshall Fields building, not far from where we are right now, um, there, are, there are access points. Um, and occasionally, you know, on local PBS or uh, public radio or something, you'll, you'll see a reporter go down in there and, and uh, kind of tell a historic story about those tunnels. Yeah. But yeah, very fa fascinating uh, part of Chicago's history. Yeah. So what's the, most, uh, what's the most popular exhibit right now at the museum? Uh, so uh, we have a brand new um, a exhibit uh, that is very popular at the moment. Uh, it's called uh, Race, uh, Are We So Different? Uh, and it's actually a traveling show uh, put together by um, uh, a, uh, a group of um, uh, sociologists and uh, the uh, Science Museum in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, and so um, it explores uh, sort of uh, the kind of uh, made up categories of race as they were created in the early 20th century uh, for racial supremacy of whites. Uh, so that's our current most popular, uh, but our long-term most popular is our Chicago Crossroads of America exhibit, which is our keystone exhibit that, that rotates um, different uh, objects in and out, uh, where the Chicago L car is, where the, um, where the Pioneer locomotive is, uh, where we have uh, Cubs jerseys on display from the last, uh, their World Series championship in 2016 that seemed like it was never going to come. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's always the, the exhibit that people return to. Uh, for listeners who have younger kids and they think, wow, this isn't the zoo, uh, this isn't the aquarium where I can see, you know, baby belugas and so forth. We do have uh, several exhibits on our first floor that are aimed for younger audiences. Um, Chicago is known for its Chicago-style hot dogs, right? Yes. So we have an, uh, a giant, oversized uh, Chicago hot dog bun, complete with um, poppy seeds that you can climb in, uh, and you can put all of the, the classic... Uh, um, Chicago style hot dog toppings on yourself. So there's uh, a string of mustard. Of course, there's no ketchup. <laughs> um, you know, there's celery salt, there's pickle relish, there's hot peppers, there's tomatoes and so forth. Um, and so that's very popular, especially with 
uh, younger kids, it's aimed at a third and fourth grade audience. Um, and if you were there uh, when it was the Chicago Historical Society, maybe forced to go on a field trip, you were probably in third or fourth grade, uh, and you might remember the dioramas. Uh, the dioramas have been greatly redone uh, and actually um, made for um, a younger first, third to fourth grade audience. Um, okay. We also do have, uh, especially in those um, ex exhibits made for uh, families with uh, um, young kids. Uh, they are also bilingual, uh, so if there's any folks who are bilingual English and Spanish and, and they want to bring some Spanish-speaking friends or family, we do have that uh, as well. Uh, and, and also lots of, of other opportunities for Spanish speakers at the museum. Okay, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, ah, man, the time flies by so quickly. It does. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, coming in and talking with the Radio Slam family. Um, once again, tell folks where can they uh, where can they get more information about the museum? Uh, so you can go to uh, chicagohistory.org. That's our website. Uh, and if you're specifically interested, uh, you'd like to learn more about the Muslim Chicago Oral History Project, you can just email me. Uh, so I'll be brave and put my email out there on the airwaves. It's alter, A-L-T-E-R, at Chicago History, written as all one word, dot org. Uh, and I have flyers, I'll, I'll talk to you, we'll meet. Uh, I'll be, I'm always very excited uh, to push this project forward. Well, Peter, thank you so much once again. Oh, thank you very much. So, Radio Islam family, if you haven't already done so, if you've uh, just tuned in, you have been listening, or you just caught the tail end of a great conversation with Dr. Peter Alter. He is a historian and director of the Studs Turkle Center for Oral History with the Chicago History Museum. Um, they are located at 1601 North Clark Street. All right, uh, that was in great. Chicago on the north side. Okay, all right. Um, make sure that you're following us uh, at, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, uh, at Radio Islam USA. Uh, tonight's show has been produced, hosted by yours truly, Tariq el uh, engineered in studio by the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. Our engineer at WCEV is Leonard. Thank you very much, Leonard, over there. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, keep in mind that the views expressed by the host and guest are theirs and not to be taken as the views of Sound Vision. Uh, what else do I want to tell you good folks out there? Well, other than we're going to see you tomorrow. Uh, oh. Tomorrow night in studio for our Friday Artist Profile, uh, we're going to be joined. I'm going to keep it a secret. I'm not even going to tell you, but it's but it's good. You want to make sure you're here at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, folks, it's been a pleasure. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow. I'm going to leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.